You're listening to Focus on the Bible. Welcome, friends. This is a very important show today. So important that I want to ask you a favor that's very rare. I want to ask you to please share this show with other friends that you know, especially anyone who works in the ministry and tries to help other people to know God and go to heaven. If you could link them with this show, I would very much appreciate it today because it's so important personally to me. Now, if you're listening by radio, you could call them right now and help them dial in to the same show that you're listening to. If not, maybe you can help them find us on our YouTube channel. You just go to youtube.com and then put my name in the search bar, Freddie Coyle. There's another channel also, our podcast show. You could find that wherever anyone listens to podcasts. Just go to Focus on the Bible with Freddie Coyle. I really appreciate you making that connection for us because I wish that everyone could hear this message. I have a real burden today because this is so urgent because, friend, it's obvious to me as I look at the world news that we are living in the last days. We're running out of time. Whatever it is that we can do for the Lord, we need to get that done. And there's nothing we can do for the Lord more important than explaining to people how they can go to heaven at the end of it all. And that's what this show is all about. Now, can I tell you, there's another urgent motivation that I have today. Friend, I have brain cancer. And while we're praying and believing that God can do a miracle and extend my life and give me more years, we don't take that for granted. My mama raised me to believe, honey, we don't have the promise of tomorrow. So friend, without that promise of tomorrow... Let's do it today that we can help people know the way back to God. Let's jump right in the show. There was a young man named Johnny, and Johnny had gone through school hearing that there was no God, that he was basically a cosmic accident, and that the universe was created by, well, nothing created the universe, Johnny was told. He never really believed at all, and as he was a graduate now, he began to wonder, could it be true there is a God, and if there is, then there is a heaven, and there is a hell. And about that time, Johnny heard about these special meetings, and he decided to go to a church and hear a special speaker. And so Johnny went. He listened very intently to the message. He laughed at the jokes. He understood perfectly what the speaker was saying. And then at the end of the message, he heard that if he wanted to be forgiven, if he wanted to go to heaven, if he wanted to be saved, to please come forward. Well, Johnny would have done anything at that point to know that he could be saved from his sin, to know that he could go to heaven. And Johnny went forward and On that night, he was told, Johnny, you can be saved by doing two things. Number one, Johnny, you need to turn 
You need to turn from all your sins, Johnny. Make a 180 degree turn away from all your sins. And then number two, ask Jesus into your heart. Well, it seemed pretty simple. There was only two things to do. And yet he had to walk forward. That would be a third thing, wouldn't it? And asking Jesus into your heart, well, that would require a fourth thing because now we're praying. So it gets a little more complicated the, the longer they speak in that situation sometimes. And Johnny knew this is it for me. I'm going to turn from all my sin. Then it occurred to Johnny, well, he had been there before. He had for years tried to turn from his sins, especially some of them. And he'd always failed. He'd always come right back around. But Johnny knew this is heaven or hell for me, and I'm desperate. And so Johnny decided right then and there to turn from all his sin. Okay, now Johnny, in his mind, had turned from all his sin. The rest of it was a simple matter of parroting back what they told Johnny to pray. They began that prayer with, Dear God, and they looked at Johnny. Johnny closed his eyes and said the same thing, Dear God. With all his heart, Johnny prayed that prayer and said word for word what they told him to pray, and then they shook Johnny's hand and told him, he was saved. Johnny left that church that night full of joy. He was so happy to know that that business was now settled. Well, a few days later, Johnny sinned, and he knew it. A few days later, he did the same sin again, and then three more times, and within a two-week period, Johnny was now facing the facts, not just the one sin, but there were others too. And Johnny accepted the fact, I'm a sinner. I'm still doing things that are wrong. And Johnny was crushed inside. You see, Johnny had a problem, ongoing sin. You do too, friend, and so do I. The Bible is honest about this problem. Thank God that Johnny was being honest with it also. At this point, he was at least being honest with himself and not telling himself religious lies. Religious lies are so demonic. And I've heard many a preacher tell them. I've heard many a preacher stand in front of that crowd and pretend that well, he's okay with God because well, he doesn't sin. And if you want my salvation, then will you turn from all your sins and be like me? What a lie. What an absolute religious lie that's of Satan. And friend, that kind of preaching, like what Johnny heard that night, is only making them two times the children of hell. Now, here's where the Bible is very honest about ongoing sin. Hebrews chapter 12, if you could join me, please. Hebrews chapter 12, let's focus on what the Bible says. I'll begin in verse number 5. The writer of Hebrews writes, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, 
nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So the writer is speaking to children, and the message is that God, as your father in this family, is going to spank you when you need it. He uses the word chastening. That's a tough word. And he uses the word rebuked in this verse. Now, keep in mind, this is for children. Verse number six, he says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. He chastens those he loves, and he scourges, that's an even tougher word, every son whom he receiveth. So the simple question, friend, is this. Who is being spanked by God their father? Every child of God. So why is God, question number two, why is God spanking all his children? Because all his children sin and need a spanking from time to time. Friend, could I raise my hand to you right now and tell you that sometimes I need God to give me a whooping? And if you're a saved person, so do you. And God knows just what the doctor ordered when his child has ongoing sin. And the Bible is so clear in so many places that there are many ways that God deals with his children when they have sin in their lives. This is only one of the passages. But I want to continue with this. Listen to this. All the children of God are being spanked. Why? Because they all still have sin. Boy, this could have really saved Johnny a lot of trouble to understand this. Rather than the confusion that he had in store for him. Verse 7, the Bible says, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? I'll tell you a son whose father is not chastening him. He would be a spoiled brat. He's probably headed for prison or at least a crummy life. And I don't think his father's doing a very good job at not disciplining his children. God's not that way. Verse 8 says, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Well, I'm telling you, the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, if you don't have the Father's discipline in your life, you must be illegitimate. You're not a real child of God. Friend, do you understand the implication of this verse? Saved people continue to sin in one way or another. Now, this doesn't mean that you can send me nasty hate mail and say that I'm light on sin or some other ridiculous absurdity like that. We're not light on sin. We're honest about sin. And you're a sinner, friend, though you might be a child of God. But friend, this train ride that Johnny is now on is going to take him to one of two stops. Number one, Johnny will conclude, I wasn't really saved that night because I couldn't do it. And number two is Johnny will reach this unfortunate conclusion. I was saved. I really meant that. But I lost my salvation because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Either place 
where Johnny heads on this awful train ride caused by preachers who intended to do well for him, but they miserably failed and have face-planted into religious lies. They lied to Johnny that night, and Johnny didn't know any better. Tell me, friend, when Johnny was standing in the front of that church that night, totally dependent on preachers to tell him how to make it to God, how to be saved, and when they did what they do, tell me this, who was Johnny trusting in for his eternal life? Who did Johnny trust in that night to get him to heaven? Jesus or Johnny? You know the answer, don't you, friend? You're facing the truth about this. He's trusting Johnny because someone failed him so miserably that essentially what they did was give him a self-help instruction. They told him, Johnny, just come on, try harder, do better. You can do it, Johnny. And there for a while, Johnny actually thought he could. But friend, Johnny didn't hear the gospel of Christ that night. Because the gospel of Christ is not a self-help message. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about a rescue. A rescue. And friend, if you didn't get a rescue from Jesus, when you were so desperate that there was not one single thing you could do, you're not saved. You had to be rescued by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And so could Johnny have been saved, but that's not what he heard at the church that night. Friend, this story that I told you is about Johnny, but there's no real Johnny. Johnny is just a combination of thousands of people who've told me their stories of how they were confused by religion. There's a better way. It's what the Bible says, that we can be saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone through the cross work He did that paid for every sin we'd ever do, that our way to heaven would be secure by faith in Him. It's called salvation by grace, Johnny. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode a focus on the Bible.